This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Hey, wasn't it about now that that chip shortage was supposed to start easing up? Well, guess what? It's actually getting worse. The U.S. Commerce Department warned that chip inventories are down to only five days supply. And the shortage is worse for older technology chips, which are primarily used by automakers. The Commerce Department says that the supply lines are so thin that a COVID outbreak in Malaysia could shut down almost all manufacturing in America. Legislation to boost chip production in the U.S. passed in the Senate last year. It just got introduced in the House, where it will also likely pass. But that doesn't help the short term. For example, Intel announced it's going to invest $20 billion to build two new fab plants in Ohio, but they will not go into production until 2025. You know, a lot of EV startups raised a bunch of money by going public with a SPAC. But guess who also made a bunch of money? The shorts who bet against those companies. Short sellers are investors who bet a company's stock will go down. It's a risky kind of investment, but the payoff can be huge. Shorts are now sitting on more than a billion dollars in profits. Bloomberg reports that one of the most lucrative stocks to short was ChargePoint, the EV charging company, whose stock is down 34% from last year. And that generated $165 million in profits for the shorts. SPACs that have not yet posted a profit are getting hammered in the stock market right now. Yesterday, we reported on GM's $7 billion investment in Michigan to make electric trucks and batteries. Now we've got some more details. GM's two EV plants in Michigan alone will be able to make 600,000 electric pickups a year by late 2024. Combine that with its EV plants in Tennessee, Canada, and Mexico, and it's going to be able to make a million EVs by late 2025. One of those Michigan plants in Orion makes the Chevrolet Bolt EV. And while GM did not confirm that the Bolt is going away, it said production would continue until that plant's converted to make pickups. And that strongly suggests the Bolt is on its way out. Mobility is becoming electric, connected, and autonomous, just like the manufacturing world. But we'll always be one thing, a reliable partner for our customers. So what's it going to cost you to buy a Kia EV6 in the U.S.? Get ready to shell out over $42,000, which includes destination charges, but that's before any incentives. That gets you rear-wheel drive and a 58-kilowatt-hour battery pack, which returns an EPA-rated 232 miles of range. There's another rear-drive version with a larger 77-kilowatt-hour battery that provides 310 miles of range. That costs an extra $6,100. The top-of-the-line EV6 features a dual-motor setup with all-wheel drive, 320 horsepower, a larger battery, and 274 miles of range. That version starts a little over $57,000.
again with destination charges, but before any incentives. That all-new EV is available in all 50 states, and Kia says it's just weeks away from arriving at dealerships. American consumers sure love big SUVs, and another behemoth will soon be lurking on the streets. Toyota completely redesigned the Sequoia for the first time in 15 years, and no surprise here, it shares a lot of parts with the Tundra pickup since they share the same platform and are built at the same plant in Texas. The interiors of both vehicles look exactly the same, well, other than the third row. But the overall theme is rather blocky, and the star of the show is a big display screen in the middle of the dash, either 12.3 or 14 inches. The powertrain is going to sound familiar, too. All Sequoias come with a twin-turbo V6 hybrid, that makes nearly 440 horsepower and over 580 pound-feet of torque. Combined with a 10-speed automatic and four-wheel drive, the setup is capable of towing up to 9,000 pounds. Styling-wise, it shares the same design cues with the Tundra, like the character lines on the fenders, as well as the headlamp and grille shape. But the lower section of the Sequoia's grille has been lopped off to make room for a more stylized lower fascia. And the rear end is highlighted by a set of long, thin taillights and the S-E-Q-U-O-I-A name spelled out at the bottom of the hatch. No word on pricing yet, but the old one started around $50,000. No doubt the new one will carry a higher price tag when it comes out this summer. BMW is making some minor updates to the 8 Series, including the Cabriolet and M8 versions. Biggest difference is the center display screen, which has grown from 10 and a quarter inches up to 12.3 inches. But there's also a number of new colors, 20-inch wheels, seats wrapped in Alcantara are standard, and an optional headlamp design called Shadowline is a new addition. The updated 8 Series will arrive first in Europe this spring. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. Ford's commercial division, Ford Pro, wants to make it easier for operators to handle their fleets. So it's launching a new service called Ford Pro Intelligence. It's a cloud-based platform that combines vehicle data, gas or electric, Ford or non-Ford, as well as Ford Pro's entire suite of services into a single interface. So operators can track vehicles, including vehicle health and available range, as well as manage charging and drivers. Ford says it can help any business, no matter what the size, and optimize their operation. Ford sees a lot of opportunity with commercial vehicles and services. It currently earns about $27 billion a year with that business and expects to boost that to $45 billion by the end of the decade. As sales of electric cars grow faster than the rest of the market, Bridgestone is getting ready to service them. It's going to offer inspections, diagnostics, maintenance, and repairs for high-voltage components, as well as health checks and troubleshooting for batteries, electric motors, and electrical systems. Austin and San Francisco are the first markets where it's going to launch these services through its Firestone service centers. It's also installing Level 2 chargers at stores in various cities. In the U.S., the company has 
1,700 Firestone service centers all across the country. We've got some clarification here on sales of the plug-in version of the Jeep Wrangler, the 4xe. Jeep says those PHEVs accounted for 25% of Wrangler sales in the U.S. Well, what we now know is that applies to sales in the fourth quarter. Even so, it's an impressive number. We're guessing that Jeep sold nearly 10,000 Wrangler 4xe's, which means it not only outsold the prime versions of the Toyota Prius and RAV4, it sold nearly as much as both of them put together. Bollinger showed off a series of electric off-road vehicles for upscale retail customers that attracted all kinds of attention. But now it's given up on those plans. Instead, it's going to develop commercial vans and trucks. Why the change? Well, let's ask Robert Bollinger himself. He's going to join us on AutoLine After Hours this Thursday. You know, AutoLine is one of the few places where you can actually listen to the top industry executives. So join me and Gary and Greg Miglior from Autoblog as we learn why Robert Bollinger decided he needed to go in a new direction. And that brings us to the end of today's show. Thanks for tuning in. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. And by Scheffler, we pioneer motion.